Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Praise God. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, it's funny when there's been a big political decision, like we've seen the, the vote about Brexit recently, there's so many different emotions. Some people are, yay, other people are, whoa, that's terrible. And there's the whole spectrum in between. And it's so wonderful, I find, to be able to remember that you and I, if we're Christians, we belong to a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. Amen? You know, Ephesians 2 says that God has taken the different races. It talks about the Gentiles and the Jews, but it's any race, any nationality, any human country or kingdom or organization. And it says that he's broken down the dividing walls and he's made one new man out of us which is a Christian nation. Our passport says heaven on it. Our embassy is the embassy of God. Our, our king is God in heaven. We're not nationalities. We're not Port de Portugal or Italy or Brexit or whatever you want to call it. We're not all different countries. We belong to heaven. Amen. And nothing will change that. And you know where our currency comes from? It comes from the bank of heaven. You know where our, our sources, you know where our rules and our laws and our, and our security and our army and our soldiers, all of that is heavenly, amen? And it doesn't matter where we come from, what language we speak or what color our skin is, we are one new man in Christ. And we have new instructions to take God's message and His kingdom to the ends of the earth, regardless of human organizations. Isn't that wonderful? You're not so sure. I want to I encourage you. You know, I've lived through economic and political chaos in Africa. I've seen a country completely taken apart and not quite put back together again. I've seen it happen in front of my eyes. I've seen a currency devalue to ridiculous extents. And I want to tell you, God is still king. And we got through it and we thrived and God's kingdom grew. God's kingdom grew. Let's put our eyes on God's kingdom. Amen? There's good ahead. God works all things together for good to those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. And that's us. And the kingdom of God is going to grow because He promised of the increase of His government there will be no end. Isn't that awesome news? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this time in this place. And Lord, that you've placed us here in this time and place for a reason and that you've got great plans for us. Amen? So we've been talking about our destination as a church and I'm going to close and wrap up that series today. The idea behind destination is to say if we could get into a time machine, let's just imagine now this building became a time machine and all sorts of weird flashing lights and effects happen and suddenly we're 10, 15 years in the future, what do we look like? What are we doing? Where are we going? Is it aimless? Is it just, well, we'll see. Maybe, you know, we'll all be wearing floaty hovercraft shoes and weird hairstyles and back to the future type stuff. What will happen? No, no, God has given us a vision. In other words, he says, I know where I'm taking you. Jeremiah 29, the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. It's not a confusion. I know. 
And the Bible says he does nothing without revealing it to his servants, the prophets. We know where he's taking us. And I want to just close the series today by saying where I believe we're going to be in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 50 years. It doesn't matter. It's the same, the same points, the same three points apply. If you're listening to this on the internet from uh, Mountain View, Georgia. Guys, I don't know who you are in Mountain View, Georgia, but you've downloaded 190 of our sermons in the last week. Awesome. Thanks for doing that. Whoever you are, well done. <laughs> I've no idea who's in Mountain View, Georgia, but they like one of our sermons, so praise God. Uh, but if you're listening to this on the internet or you're somewhere else in the world, I want to say that what I'm saying today applies to us, but there are principles that apply to every church, every Christian, every nation, wherever you are in the world. So there will be some wonderful uh, food for you today. So what are we building? Where will we be in 15 years' time, 10 years' time, 20 years' time, whatever? First of all, we will be a church. Now, I know that sounds pretty uh, basic, but it's actually not that basic. We are building a church. Uh, you know, some people come into our church and they see that there's electric guitars and there's drums and there's all sorts of modern things. They look outside and our building is old-fashioned. It's 200 years old, this building. And then they come inside and they go like, whoa, what's going on? Is this a church? We are a church because the essential characteristics and elements, the things that make a church a church are here and they will still be here in 15 years, 20 years, 30 years time. A church is what we're trying to build. We are not trying to build various other things. We have an open door policy. Anyone can come in and we welcome everyone. But that means there are as many different people there are in, in our services. There are that many opinions and expectations of what we're going to be. And some people walk in here and they think, whoa, this is a show. This is a concert. This is a rock band. I'm going to rock band out here. And we are a church. We're not trying to be a show. We're not trying to be a rock band or a nightclub or a concert. We worship the Lord. It may be that in another church they worship the Lord with hymns or some in silence or some in, I don't know, whatever way they do, we worship. That is the one of the characteristics of a church, and we are a church. Some people come in and they think, yes, a good community social organization doing good for the community. Let's help the poor and build buildings for people and do all this community stuff. We do that. We use our gifts and we help the community, but we do it in whatever way we can. Our main purpose is to be a church, and churches do that, but we are not a community organization. We're not a social organization. We're not, we're not a social club where we all get together and we all vote on how can we best use our money to help the poor or to help ourselves or to help so-and-so in our church. No, we're not that. Although churches are a family, there's love, there's life groups, there's community, there's using our gifts and spending time together and family bonds, which are amazing. I just love the life groups. And I love the family atmosphere in our church. And we will always be a church with a family bond. We are not going to be a social organization or a community outreach, um, you know, doing good and social welfare club. That's not what we are. God has called us to be a church. We are not uh, Britain's Got Talent. Some people come in and they look and they say, whoa, this is the place 
where I can shine. People will, at, at last, somebody set up a platform where I can show my greatness. This is my chance. I'm going to get my five minutes on the stage and I'm going to show how good I can sing or preach or whatever and everyone's going to see how great I am. We are not that. We are a church. We believe in using our gifts, but we are God's organ. He is the only one who gets the glory in this place. Even though people, I mean, I speak a lot here, but it's not about a person. It's not about personal glory or fame or ideas or let's show how great one person. It's about Him, only Him. He's the boss. He says what we do and we give Him all the glory because without Him we could do nothing. We're a church. And even though we look different to how churches may look in other places or may have looked 200 years ago, we will always be a church. Amen? Some people think it's a bit like a mall. You know, when you go into a mall and you look at all the shops and you see, I'll take a bit of that. And, oh, I don't like that. Oh, that's a bit pricey. Oh, that's a good bargain. And so they come into church and they think it's about what they can get. But actually, church is about a family where we all commit and we all put in. You know, when my kids and I sit around, and my wife, sit around the dinner table and we talk about our day. And somebody's had a good day. And somebody's had a bad day. It's been a bad exam day for someone. And somebody's had a hard day at school and somebody's been horrible to them. Somebody's had a wonderful day. They've scored lots of runs in their cricket match. Whatever it is, the furthest thing from our mind is this is a place where I come and I can see what I can get. We're committed in love to one another and to, um, to the family. You know, there's... There's a family dynamic. It's a bit like a pair of scissors. You know the blades on a pair of scissors. Often we're going in different directions. Often in my family, yesterday my one son was in Guernsey, my other son was sick in bed, my other daughter was doing a dance World Cup thing, Bronnie was doing her own thing, I was doing something. We're often doing different things, going different directions, but there is an understanding that we are hinged together, we are a family, and if anyone ever tries to get in between those blades, we will cut you. <laughs> you know, we often have different opinions and different agendas. But if anyone tries to divide our family, if anyone tries to take my wife from me, you are in trouble. You know, there's many countries in the world where a crime of passion is not a capital offense. Where if, if a spouse finds their spouse uh, with somebody else and they kill that person, they don't get prosecuted for it. Because there's an understanding that there's a passion about our family. And it's, it's not a crime in some countries. And that's what a family is like. So, in 15 years' time, we will still be a church. We are a church. You know, the trade show idea. I remember when we were in a city in South Africa and some friends of ours said, come to this trade show where there's all these different businesses. There's this big warehouse and you go and every business has set up its little stall saying, look how great we are. We want you to do business with us. And um, it's, you know, it's a bit of a trade show. Some people think church is like this. Church, some people think church is a big warehouse where lots of different ministries 
come and set up their stall and then members of the public or other ministries come and they look and they say, oh, I could do something with that ministry. Oh, yes, that's an interesting ministry. Oh, that's, let me, let me link up with that. But I want to say that that is not what the Bible says a church is. A church is the ministry. A church is what we're trying to do. There's some amazing verses. I just want to read you a couple of them from Ephesians. Ephesians 1.22. God put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The church is the fullness of this great Jesus. In other words, he doesn't put himself partly in the church and partly in another organization called an evangelistic outreach organization or, a, or another mission organization or another. He says, the church is what I'm going to put all of me in. Ephesians 3 and verse 10. His intent was that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. God's idea is the church. It's not another organization. We're not just a group of people who just get together, but then we go out and do our ministry. This is it. Ephesians 3, verse 21. To him be glory in the church to all generations. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. I write so that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground or foundation of the truth. The church, the church, the church. So the first point is, in the future, we will still be a church. We may look different. I don't know exactly how we will do worship. I don't know how we will do teaching the word. I don't know how we'll do outreach or family ministry or life groups. I don't know exactly how we'll do them. But we will be doing them and it'll be his church. He'll still be the boss. And it's not our decision about how church looks. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are committed to church. Not lots of different ways of doing ministry. The church is God's way. And we will still be that no matter how many years ahead we're going to be. We're committed to church, not other things. The second point is that we'll be building this church. And that sounds quite exclusionist. It's a little bit like Britain saying we want to build this nation, not that continent. You know, I was thinking about this. We have a, I have a family and we have a, a name that we have in common. We are the Donaldsons. And we have certain characteristics that are quirky about us. The way we look, the way we act and speak, our accents, our hobbies, the things we like, the things we don't like. We get in a hot tub together, all five of us, and boy, my sons have got long legs now. It's quite difficult to fit in. But we all get in and we just chat. It's one of the things we do. I've mentioned to other people, you want to get in the hot tub with us? And everyone has a look of horror on their faces. No thanks. It's a scary look. But that's what we do. We have ways of doing things. We're a family unit. Do we do things outside the family? Yes. Do we love other families? Yes. Do we have dinner with other families? Yes. Do we welcome other people in? Yes. But there are certain things that we as a family do only us together. There is a love. There is a commitment. There is a level of intimacy. There is a sharing of our resources and our finances. There is a... Um, 
a, a coordinated way that our family goes about its business. When one of my sons says he wants to go to university somewhere, we think about it as a family, we make a decision as a family, there are things we do. Now our aim is not always to remain as one family. Our aim is for my children to find good husbands and wives and to make their own families. That is my aim. My aim is to grow our family to a sufficient point where they can then be their own families. And then Bronnie and I will play with our grandkids. And then they'll have kids. And whoa, we'll be happy great-grandparents. That's our aim. And that's not a mistake. You know, we are all humans in the, in the world. There's the, the family of humanity. But God has designed the family unit as the place for nurture, for security, for bringing up young ones, and for having children and multiplying the human race. It's a, it's a family unit. God designed it. It's not a human invention. God designed it for a man and a woman to make a covenant to be with each other forever and for that security to be the place where children are brought into the world. It's a wonderful thing. We as humans could not invent a better way of growing the human race or nurturing people. We just couldn't do it. People have tried. In various parts of the world, uh, in communist areas, they tried experiments where they took babies away and they said, we won't have mums and dads, we'll just, society will bring up the children. It never works because God designed the family as the best way. It's a unit, even though it's exclusionary. Even though we're saying, you know, only, only we can do these things together. It's not like, um, forgive me if I sound crude, but we can't just all be having children with each other. It's in a secure environment. It's in a, a, a fenced-off area called the family is where children are born and, and men and women are supposed to sleep with each other and give birth to children. Now, do children get born elsewhere? Yes. Is it God's best plan? No. But he blesses it and helps them anyway. But we have to admit, the family is the best plan. It's the way God designed it. Amen? Friend, the local church, and when I say local church, I mean a small group of believers gathered together with a leadership, worshipping together, committed to each other, with a name where we say, we know we're one church, we have certain values that are different to others, and we have a mission from God. That is the equivalent of a family in the Christian world. And God has designed it that way. God has designed for there to be local families of Christians called churches. And I am unashamed and unapologetic to say that we are building this church. Do we love other churches? Yes! Do we do things with them? Yes! But there are certain things that only we can do. And it is my strong belief that baby Christians, newborn Christians, get born into families called local churches. That is God's plan. That is God's desire. He's designed it that way. Diverse people from many races and many different types of people, old and young, men and women, different socioeconomic groups, uh, different talents and gifts and types of people. He brings us together into one new man, one new race. He forms us in a local congregation where we have certain values that we share 
and we worship God together, we're committed to each other, and we're doing something for God together. And he says, that's where I pour my blessing so that there's multiplication and new baby Christians are born. Now, I know this might be new for some of us. I know this might be a shocking idea. You see, the modern Christian world says, hey, we're all just Christians. It's my ministry. I'll form a, a different ministry to do my ministry outside of the church. I'll go to this church this week and that church that week. And I'll just, uh, we're all part of the church. I'll just go wherever. I want to say God has a plan. If it was up to human ingenuity, we could do other things. But he's the head of the church, not me, not us. It's him. And he says, my plan is local families being flourishing. And giving birth to lots of baby Christians. So we're building, we will be a church. We will be this church. And we're unapologetic about it. We love the others, we support them, but we are building this church. And we're looking for others who want to build this church. If you don't want to, but you want to come in and out, you're welcome. At our family home, we have dinner and we often have other people sitting around our table. They are welcome. But when it comes to bedtime and we kiss each other goodnight, and we go to our little bedrooms, they leave. Especially if they're a young man eyeing out my daughter. <laughs> There's a place for this, friends. There is such an equivalent link between the human family and the church family. It is so closely linked that the, the parallels are obvious. If a young man comes to my house, and he's interested in my little girl. For a start, I want him to come to my house. I don't want a young man trying to make moves with my little girl without introducing himself to dad. And when he does, I will look at him with my stern face. <laughs> and I'll size him up. And I want to see this. I want to see what this young man is like. And I will make it hard for him. Why? Because I have a duty to look out for my family. And uh, John chapter 10, Jesus said, there's a sheepfold, he's the shepherd, he's the door. If anyone tries to climb in other than through the door, climb over the fence, he's a thief or a robber. If anyone wants to get into this church and mess around with our people without coming through me, watch out. Because there are parallel. There is a local church and there are leaders over it and it is our job to look out for them. For them. Do we stay open to others? Yes. But God has called us to something. What are our values? Well, we have different values to other churches. We're quite modern. We like to be creative and edgy. We want to keep the essentials of church, but we do it in modern and creative ways. We use websites. We use all sorts of different ways of spreading the gospel. We have life groups that are walking groups or sewing groups. We do all sorts of different things. We keep re inventing ourselves every 12 weeks we say let's think of new ways of doing life groups we keep moving things around and people say what you're moving venue again what's going on we are edgy and changing that's our values that's our culture we're not religious we're very humble we don't use dog collars and religious sounding words we want to be normal people who can interact with normal people and we are passionate about the lost instead of just about our own needs we will sacrifice our comfort and our possessions for the lost that's who we are if that's not who you are we love you but this probably isn't the church for you 
That's just the way it is. We don't want everyone to come just for the sake of having lots of numbers. We want a family who love the same things rather than a large group of people who have all sorts of different trade shows that they're trying to sell. We've got a purpose. So we will be building a church. We will be building this church, and we're not embarrassed about saying that. And then the third thing, we will be building other churches. Just as I said that my aim for my family is not to have my children still living with, with me when they're 50. It's for them to go and multiply. Go and be happy. Have a, have a family of your own. Amen? That's our aim as a church. God has called, I believe, every church to this. And we take that calling extremely seriously. You know, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. That means you give birth to babies, but then you disciple them to where they're grown-ups. Make disciples of all nations, all people, all over the world, baptizing them, teaching them of all the things that I've shown you, and I will be with you to the ends of the earth. We take that seriously. Many churches don't, and I'm not criticizing them, but I believe it is essential for this church that we understand our job is to make other churches. If we don't, we are sterile, we are infertile, we are inward-looking, we are dying. We are this church, but we want to give birth to others. And I want to say to you that we are so lucky that we live in a day and age. You know, when I first became a Christian in 1985, for a, for a local church in any part of the world to really make an impact in any other nation was almost impossible. You could maybe give some money to a missions organization. Maybe every now and again someone felt called to be a missionary somewhere else. You could pray. But the impact that we have on the nations, that we had on the nations, was so tiny. But now, just a few years later, we, through the internet, we can put out teaching and resources and helping people to grow churches. We can help start churches. There's a church starting in Scotland in August. Not only because of us, but partly because of us. And it's not me, it's us. We've given, we've prayed, we've worshipped. You know, all those things that we do as a family, they create the environment for other churches to be born. Other churches look at what we're doing, and they get inspiration and excitement, and we give them just the keys they need, and they go and build their own church. Do we keep control of them and say, you're now our church? No, they're their own church. They grow, they flourish. We were part of praying and helping a church in South Africa, India. Somebody in Florida has asked us to come over and speak to them. As I said, there's people downloading our podcasts in countries and places I don't even know about. Why is that? Because we plow our, instead of saying we're just going to plow our resources and our energy into us, we're saying our job is them. It's God's heart, therefore it's our heart. We're going to plant other churches and we're going to help them do it. And it's working. <laughs> it's working. I am so excited to be able to be in a church where we can help other people start churches all over the world. There's no limit now. New Zealand. Anywhere. It doesn't matter where. We can help people start churches because we pray. We're a, a passionate group of people and we get it done. 
Recently, we've had an amazing opportunity to go on TV. Uh, there's a station in the UK. I believe it's the best Christian TV station in the world, actually. I've had a look at it. They are extremely good. They've got high standards, and they are modern, and they are slick, and they, are, they do things well. And they have invited us to put on a weekly TV show of preaching on the TV, which is going to go to 26 million homes in the UK. It just blows my mind. How does that happen? You know, we look at the names of the people they've invited to speak on that TV show, and they are extraordinarily gifted and well-known preachers and Christian leaders. How on earth does little old us and little old me get invited to do that? It's just crazy. I mean, I have to be honest with you, it is, it is nuts that we should be asked. We are the least known, we're tiny, we're not even the biggest church anywhere. We're tiny as a church. There's nothing great about us. We have very little resources. We're in a little island stuck off in nowhere. We've got nothing. There was no chance they were going to find us. And they approached us and said, do you want to have a slot on Christian TV once a week? Uh, yes, please. We have the chance of reaching the nations with very little financial input, but just with the passion and the prayer and what God has put in us in this place. So, not many years ago, seven years ago, my wife and I and two middle-aged ladies, when I say middle-aged, I mean over 50, um, single ladies, sat on a bench and we said, I said, God has got a plan. He wants to plant something in Jersey that's going to shine to the rest of the world. Was that my idea? It wasn't my idea. God was doing it. God was planting a church with the idea of reaching the nations. He's brought us this far, but I want to say to you, this is just the beginning. This really is just the beginning. He wants us to be a church, not another organization, a church with all that that involves. He wants us to be this church with our own values and mission and calling, separate but linked and loving others, but our own identity. He wants that for us, and he wants us to start other churches, and he's already given us the openings to do it. So you ask, where will we be? That's where we'll be. We've started on a track, and we're not deviating. You say, well, that's not exactly what I had in mind for church. I thought church should be a bit like this way. Or I wanted more of my own profile or ideas to be shown. Or I want to be one of the decision makers who decides where this church is going. Friend, I love you. But if that's your goal, unless you change and come in line with where we're going, this isn't the place for you. We're going somewhere, and God has told us where we're going. And it's a glorious place. And if you're not with us, we'll love you as you go and do your own thing somewhere else. But we are going somewhere powerful with God. In 15 years' time, this is going to be an awesome church. And there are going to be so many of us around the world, so many baby new families growing up. There is something supernatural happening in this place. And that's where we're going. Join with us. I, I would just encourage you, if this isn't quite what you had in mind for church, just say, Lord, can you help me to bend and change and come in line? 
and you'll be surprised. The Lord will say, yes, you can. And you'll be part of something absolutely awesome in this place. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that what you said about building your church is something we have seen in this place and we are still seeing. And we are so grateful for that. Thank you, God. And Lord, I pray that you would grow your church, continue to grow your church and your churches around the world for your glory. Use us, Lord. Use our gifts. Use our diversity. Use all the different parts of us to cause something amazing and beautiful to grow up in this place. And Lord, I pray right now for the other churches, the other lampstands around this area. God, I pray for those churches to flourish, to express their own identity, their own calling, their own vision, and to do great and mighty exploits for you. I pray that all the churches in Jersey, just like the boats in a harbor, as the tide rises, all of us would rise up together as your kingdom grows in this place. But Lord, we thank you that you have made us a family, a unit, and you've given us a calling, and we've got something great and amazing to do for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.